Hello, and welcome to Historically Thinking's Commonplace Book for the week of February 24th, 2019. Among other things this week, Historically Thinking is celebrating its 100th episode, which is a conversation with Lundell Calder, who appeared in episode one, and with Sam Weinberg, who might rightly be called the patron saint of this podcast. Listen to the episode, and you'll find out why. This week in world history, February 24th, is a remarkable day in the history of the Catholic Church. It was on February 24th, 303, or perhaps another date, that the first official Roman edict for persecution of Christians was issued by the Emperor Diocletian. It might also have been declared in March, but one authority says it was February the 24th. It didn't work. On February 24th, 1208, St. Francis of Assisi received his vocation at the Portiuncula, a church two and a half miles outside Assisi in Umbria. Another church nearby, according to Franciscan tradition, he had received the command to rebuild my church. He took this literally and began repairing churches in the neighborhood. One of them, a chapel dedicated to the Virgin Mary called the Chapel Our Lady of the Angels, was Francis's favorite. At Mass at that chapel on February 24th, 1208, he listened to the gospel in which Jesus sends out his disciples and he took it as a command to himself to go out and to found a new order which would do the same. This was the beginning of the Franciscan order. Francis built himself a hut nearby the church. Others joined him, and the Portiuncula became the center of the Franciscan community. And on February 24, 1582, Pope Gregory XIII corrected mistakes on the Julian calendar by dropping 10 days, and directing that the day after October 4th, 1582, would be October 15th. This became an issue of the Reformation, and Protestants refused to adopt it, stuck with the Julian calendar, which is why anyone studying colonial or American or British history in the 18th century is very con- finds the dates very confusing. Why, for example, George Washington sometimes has two different birthdays. The Gregorian calendar was not accepted by Britain until 1750. Another self-aware community, perhaps only a little less so than the Roman Catholic Church, is the state of Texas. And this is an important week in the history of the Republic of Texas. On February 24, 1836, Colonel Travis, commander of the Alamo, requested assistance from other forces in the rebelling state of Texas against the besieging army of Santa Ana. On March 2, 1836, while the siege was ongoing, delegates at Washington on the Brazos declared independence from Mexico. As it happens, this is also the birthday of Sam Houston, born in Rockbridge County, Virginia, in 1793. He had run away, joined the Cherokee Indians, who had accepted him as a member of their tribe, later served as a soldier, then as a congressman and governor of Tennessee, before leaving office in mysterious circumstances. Separated from his wife, he took up with a new Cherokee wife and eventually got a second chance in American politics by becoming a Texan. He he commanded the Texas Army in the War for Independence 
defeated a larger Mexican army in 1836 at the Battle of San Jacinto, then served as governor of the new state, and then as a senator after it rejoined the United States. Finally, in cultural history, February 26 turns out to be an amazing day. On February 26, 1848, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels published the Communist Manifesto. In 1917, on February 26, the world's first jazz recording was created when the original Dixieland Jazz Band recorded Livery Stable Blues for the Victor Talking Machine Company in New York. And in 1920, the cult classic and the first German Expressionist film premiered A Cabinet of Dr. Kalahari. Finally, in the history of the American presidency, on February 24, 1867, the House of Representatives impeached President Andrew Johnson. And a much lesser known date, February 28, 1844, during a cruise down the Potomac with most of his cabinet and about 400 guests, President John Tyler was nearly killed when during a demonstration of a new cannon, it burst. The blast killed the Secretary of Navy, the Secretary of State, and several others. It also gained Tyler a new wife. Julia Gardner was half the president's age and had hitherto resisted his proposals of marriage. When her father was killed in the explosion, she began to see the president in a new light. They married when she was 23 and he was 53. They had seven children together before Tyler's death in 1862. One of the few things for which Tyler is notable is having more children than any other president and serving as a congressman in the Confederate House of Representatives. Extraordinarily enough, as of December 2018, Tyler has two grandsons still alive, and one of them resides in the family home of Sherwood Forest near Williamsburg, Virginia. Birthdays. Two American bards, February 27, 1807, the American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, born in Portland, Maine, best known for the Song of Hiawatha and Paul Revere's Ride. And March 1, 1904, the American bandleader Glenn Miller, born in 1904 in Clarinda, Iowa. Amazing popularity in the 40s through recordings such as Moonlight Serenade and String of Pearls, which were immensely popular with American GIs overseas. On December 15, 1944, his plane disappeared over the English Channel. That's all from Historically Thinking for this week. Join us on Wednesday for our conversation in episode 100. And if you like this podcast and other products from Historically Thinking, then please give us five stars on iTunes. It helps us be discovered by others. Thanks very much. Right in the corner where you are.